At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Vary still here in the VSIN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook with Wes Reynolds, ready to talk to Dwayne Colucci in just a few minutes here from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook, the director over there. And then huge thanks, obviously, to Curtis Terry for joining us in the last segment. If you missed that, you can always check out vsin.com and uh, watch replays of our shows. But some news in the NFL world today running back for the Rams. Cam Akers out with a torn Achilles second year starter expected to miss the entire 2021 season, which a running back, maybe don't expect that to move the line so much, but for the Rams, it has. So their Super Bowl odds were 12 to one now 14 to one their NFC odds to win the NFC plus 525 now at six to one. So just a smaller shift there. And then even smaller in the NFC West, but still notable plus 180 up to plus 190. These odds via bet MGM West. What do you think about this line movement? A bit of an overreaction. I really think here and uh, look, take advantage of it the Rams are a team I'm obviously very high on they went and got Matthew Stafford to get over to the hump and get into the Super Bowl they're not building for five years from now they're building for right now and maybe even next year and if you look Matthew Stafford not his first rodeo in terms of lacking a little bit of a running game and I don't think it's going to go off a cliff necessarily here the running game may take a slight dip in the numbers but if you look Matthew Stafford's 12 seasons in Detroit he had one back that had a thousand yard season. That was Reggie Bush back in 2013. So they didn't get Matthew Stafford because the Rams want to establish the running game. They got him to fling the ball down the field, which he's one of the best in the league at doing. So look, I think that they have enough offense. They're going to be fine there. And let's not forget the Rams, one of the best defenses in all of the NFL, number one in DVOA per football outsiders. And when you've got two of the better defensive players at any position in the league, when you have Aaron Donald, when you have Jalen Ramsey, you're going to be defined defensively. Also add Leonard Floyd, Jordan Fuller, Darius Williams. So this is going to be a great defense. And I think, you know, they got Cooper Cup back. So he's going to have a lot of guys to be able to throw the ball to. So I'm not necessarily worried. You do have Cup. You do have Van Jefferson. You do have Robert. Woods also Deshaun Jackson comes in as a free agent so the backup running back probably right now is going to be Daryl Henderson and he's really the only guy with any type of substantial what I would call NFL experience if you look at his numbers uh, for his career 700 yards has ran for five touchdowns so he's really the only running back with NFL experience behind they thought he was going to be the heir to Todd Gurley when they drafted him in 2019 in the third round that obviously never happened and he had an injury segment or setback so acres and malcolm brown who's now gone is getting a heavier workload so i would expect the rams maybe for at least some depth because they got some young guys they've got xavier jones who is an undrafted free agent out of smu raymond calais who was at louisiana lafayette seventh round pick of the buccaneers in 2020 waived and then picked up by la he's more of a kickoff return specialist so i don't expect he's going to get a lot of carries jake funk out of maryland also on the roster he was a seventh round pick of the Rams this year so I could definitely see them maybe getting somebody in camp by the way you know teams are about to report starting this week I believe the Steelers and the Cowboys first the report so look 
that's what you're going to see. You're going to see teams that that get cut from a team, or maybe they run out of roster spots, don't make a team. So one man's trash is always another man's treasure this time of year when we get into August, a couple weeks before the season. So I would expect the Rams are going to pick up a running back. I do think that this is a little bit of an over-adjustment, and I don't think it's necessarily the betters. It might just be the odds makers going ahead and adjusting this. But look, I kind of thought the Rams had value at 12-1. to 1. I certainly think they do at 14-1. to 1. Their odds to win the NFC Conference here on DraftKings as well, sitting around plus 550. What do you think about their chances? Obviously, they're sitting behind the Super Bowl defending champs here, the Bucks in the NFC. The one thing about it, too, is the Rams are in the best division in all the NFL. Everybody in the NFC West is relatively solid. San Francisco, you would expect that they're at least going to have a little bit of a bounce back year because they had so many injuries. Jimmy G, I know, has got one foot out the door, but I think he's going to give them an effort. I don't think he wants to kind of jake on the season, even though he knows he's being replaced because he's going to try to land somewhere else. Seattle, you would expect, would be at least solid. They got some offensive line issues they got to work out. Arizona has to get better defensively. Obviously, the offense has improved in the second year under head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And then with Kyler Murray at the helm, they've given Kyler Murray some extra weapons at receiver. They might have the best receiving core in the entire NFC West. But I still do go back to the point that this is a little bit of an overreaction. I think that they can make up for the loss of Cam Akers. They brought Matt Stafford into fling the ball, and that's exactly what it'll do. You mentioned Kyler. Do you think this is going to be a breakout year for him for the Cardinals? I would expect he's going to have a good statistical year. He's got now uh, Christian Kirk, and of course you've got Hopkins, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore, who they got in the second round out of Purdue. Watch out for him. I think he'll put up big numbers in that offense in Arizona. Lots going on in the NFC West and a lot more going on on this hour of My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Vari here at the VEASAN studio inside the beautiful South Point Sportsbook here with Wes Reynolds, ready to talk to Dwayne Colucci, the director at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. Dwayne, thanks so much for making the time for us today. I heard you were very busy yesterday. Yeah, I was swamped yesterday, you know, getting back into the flow, getting a lot of meetings done. And thanks for having me on today, guys. I'm here. I hope that means good news for you. How has the handle been so far for the NBA Finals? Obviously, game six going on tonight. Yeah, Handel has been uh, pretty good, Danielle, for the NBA Finals. This has been a competitive series, and, you know, we're getting ready for our low in the action. Usually, uh, you know, with just baseball going around, we get a lot of sharp action, but thank God that the NBA Finals have provided some excellent handle at the Rampart and South Point, and, uh, you know, definitely an intriguing and uh, evenly matched matchup thus far. The Bucks uh, definitely took the momentum. They took it to them after – the Suns had that big lead in the first quarter. So we're going to see how this game plays out tonight. We're sitting at five at the Rampart and South Point. Bucks are the favorite. Total 222. Dwayne, uh, we've seen until Saturday, obviously, the favorites not only won outright, but against the spread in the first four games. And then Milwaukee, we didn't really see as much resistance as you might have thought on Saturday because that line stayed at four, and I was hearing all Phoenix sentiment. Now tonight, I'm kind of hearing mostly Bucks sentiment and, and not maybe not as many, a little bit more lukewarm, I guess, a little bit on Phoenix. So what is kind of the balance that you're seeing right now at the window? Are people just basically going back to the favorite here and kind of saying what they saw last it's like okay Milwaukee's gonna wrap this up tonight 
Well, I think a lot of the public, Wes, are, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of confused in this series, to be honest with you, because we opened this game at five and a half, and we're getting some good two-way action here. So it does seem like the Bucks definitely have taken control of the series. Last game was the telling tale, and you could see how effective Middleton has been. I mean, this guy is just playing out of his mind, and, you know, uh, Giannis can't speak enough about him, and it seemed like Booker was doing a little too much, but I think Phoenix is going to get off to a really hot start tonight, guys. I think we're going to see some of the same of last game, but I think that Phoenix is going to be able to carry it a little further this time, guys, and they're going to really look to push the Bucks. They know that the trophy is in the stadium tonight and could be, uh, you know, rewarded to the Bucks. So I think Phoenix is definitely going to come out, especially Chris Paul and Devin Booker with chips on their shoulders. And they definitely have to contain them big two of Milwaukee West. That's the whole key. And then, you, uh, you know, you just have to keep your eye on Holiday and Portis and the other guys as well. But if you could focus and shut down Middleton, that would be huge. But he seems unstoppable. That last game, I mean, you know, he was shouldering up guys, turnaround jump shots, very confident, tough to stop when he's carrying that confidence and that workload. Dwayne, uh, yesterday I had Jimmy Vaccaro and Vinny Maiulo, obviously oddsmakers here at the South Point in studio with me, and they were talking about how they don't really have a rooting interest in either side of the Bucks or Suns necessarily. I know you said you're seeing a lot of even action. At this point, they're just kind of hoping for a game seven. Is that the case for you guys as well? Yeah, sure. You know, we're we're in the same boat. We share the same lines. We share the same numbers uh, with the South Point. And yes, we want increased and extended handle always. Because like I said, Danielle, at the start of the segment, when you just have baseball, then it's us, uh, us bookmakers against the Sharps. It's one of the sports where the public does have a slight, uh, I don't want to say advantage against our, uh, us bookmakers, but they do have uh, more knowledge and more of a sway. It's more of a trendy game where, you know, Trends play out massively. You could see how the Orioles are playing, how the Diamondbacks are playing. And on the other hand, you could see that the Giants are really playing well right now. And streaks and trends with baseball tend to kill bookmakers at certain times of the year. So, yeah, definitely Jimmy's right. We want increased handle. So we're looking forward to a, a possible Game 7 in these NBA Finals. Dwayne, before we brought you on here, the, the news of the day, at least in the NFL, Cam Akers, Rams running back, torn Achilles while training training out for the entire season did you adjust very much if at any at all on on the los angeles rams i know a couple books went up to like 14 to 1 there's not really a lot of depth from behind there but that being said they brought matthew stafford in to throw the football this is not a rams team that's going to be a run first type of team anyway so did you adjust that market any on the la rams this afternoon uh, no, not really, Wes. You know, uh, we didn't really make adjustments. We have them sitting at, uh, believe it or not, 8-1. to one. We've seen a lot of action on them at the uh, Rampart and South Point, and that's to win the championship itself. So, no, I, I believe, like you have just stated, that with Cooper Cup and, you know, the addition of Matt Stafford and that wide receiving core, they're not going to be a, run, uh, a running back-friendly offense. I think they're going to be more of a passing attack. We know about their defense, and they play in a very competitive division, one of the top divisions maybe in football. So, you know, definitely I think the Rams will be throwing the ball a lot more. They may look into the free agency market or pool West, but I don't know. I really don't think. I think there's a lot of older running backs there that are somewhat beat up towards the end of their career. So, uh, as bookmakers, we didn't make no massive adjustments on them. We still believe they're a solid team, especially with that defense and that passing attack. 
we were just talking about how difficult the NFC West is, obviously, and considering or continuing rather with this NFL idea here. Are you guys seeing a lot of action on week one yet or even NFL futures or is it still everybody's waiting for the NBA finals to kind of wrap up? No, Danielle, you always get NFL action. You know, we've seen the win totals once we put those up. You got the sharps that are pounding those out, trying and look for the little glitches and errors that we may we may make. Uh, you know, also the futures for the NFL championship, the AFC and the NFC. We have the MVP award up at the Rampart and South Point. So football is always king, Danielle. We're always going to see some handle. You know, it's just mainly futures, like you said, a couple of uh, week one bets here and there. They're starting to trickle in, and definitely, you know, we have the college games up as well. Football is now right on the horizon, and that's what we look to push forward, you know, as baseball starts to, uh, you know, play out July, August, and what have you. Dwayne, I'm going to take a detour from football for just a moment because it's obviously out of season right now, so it's not topic A, but the National Hockey League, a big day for them tomorrow. The Seattle Kraken have their opportunity at the expansion (laughs) draft, much like the Golden Knights did a couple weeks ago. And there's a a certain goaltender you're familiar with up there in Montreal named Carey Price that has been made (laughs) available. Obviously a major price tag on uh, Mr. Price. So uh, I know you're following this, and then we have free agency coming up next week. Do you expect Ron? Francis is going to try to take a crack here at Carey Price or just go ahead and let that big cap it go. I don't know, Wes. You know, he went to New York for an MRI and some doctor's consultations, and they are having some word that he may have some problems with a leg or a hip. So, you know, as enamoring as it is to get a superstar of Carey Price's, uh, you know, value into Seattle, it's got to be a tough gamble, especially if he's injured. And, you know, they're saying it may be where he's sitting out the season, similar to Shea Weber, who's also on Montreal and injured. And it seems like he has foot and ankle injuries. So I think it's more of a move that they're, you know, anticipating the crack and won't pick up the 12 million and, the possible injury, and they also protect Jake Allen in the process. So I think Montreal is still taking a gamble because you put the face of the franchise out there and Price later in the season could become a big trade value if he starts to get healthy and overcome the injury and the possible surgeries, Wes. So I'm not really agreeing with Montreal in this position, but I don't know the extent of the injury as well. And if he is injured, that was a long season. We saw how well he performed in the playoffs, but Carey Price seems to be a playoff goaltender the last few seasons. There's two Carey Prices. There's the regular season Carey Price, who who sort of lollygags, I have to say, even though he's one of the top goaltenders in the NHL. So, you know, definitely a gamble, an intriguing gamble, if the Kraken do take that on. And it would be more of trade value, I feel, later in the season for the Kraken as, uh, you know, he heals up. And basically, obviously, it's not Las Vegas, so it's not going to be as pronounced. But are you pretty much right now like every other book where you're getting a bunch of $5 tickets on the Kraken, kind of like you did on the Golden Knights? Because everybody had like a $5 ticket on the Golden Knights, it seemed like a few years ago. Yeah, definitely, Wes. I have a lot of people that uh, in the Summerlin area that uh, have summer homes in Las Vegas and also have ha- uh, homes in Seattle. So, yeah, anytime Seattle, Seattle is a very passionate sports city. Even though they lost the Supersonics, you know, we've seen that. You see how they backed the Seahawks. And now entering the NHL market, yeah, we do have a few of those $5, $10 tickets. And, uh, you know, much bigger odds. I think that this time around the NHL GMs are going to be a little more percent. 
deceptive and wise. Also, it's good for the Vegas Golden Knights because they can't select any of our players, so we really didn't have to protect anybody. That's good as well. But I think everybody learned from the Golden Knights how they built a juggernaut, basically, in uh, you know the expansion draft and a few maneuvers, and they were in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, yeah, we do have a few takers because the average consumer sees that as well, and hey, if they could cash a ticket at 200, 300 to 1, why not? Dwayne, yesterday on My Guys, we were talking a lot about the Olympics, which people can't seem to remember is actually starting this week. We highlighted some of the top bets here. What's been the reaction so far? Are you guys seeing a lot of action on the Olympics at the Rampart? Well, uh, Danielle, you see more of the action on the Olympics on the major sports uh, with the, uh, the men's basketball and the soccer, for instance, because you do have professional athletes that people are familiar with in their names and, you know, who they play for, wh- whatever country it is. They know what NBA team or what soccer affiliation they have. So on those sports, we're definitely seeing increased handle. We also have a unique prop at the Rampart in South Point where we have the gold medals that you could bet over on on each country, United States, China, Britain, Russia, you know, et cetera. So that's a very popular prop. But, uh, you know, the Olympics, it's every four years, so a lot of people don't really know how to gamble on it or are familiar with some of the gambling techniques. So thus far, Danielle, uh, a lot of people are just uh, playing, you know, uh, catch and go. But most of the handle will be on men's gold medal to win the basketball, also the women's basketball, women's soccer is immense popular, especially with ladies and our lady clientele, which is awesome. You know, anytime we could garner some handle and attract females uh, to to the sports book, it's an excellent, excellent time. And also the men's soccer, because like I said, these professional athletes are known throughout the world, and we will garner more handle on those sports. Dwayne, do you expect over there at the Rampart and also here at the South Point to kind of stick with basketball and with golf and with soccer, as you mentioned? Obviously, I'm not expecting to come in and bet canoe kayak or bet judo or something like that, because look, you don't necessarily, even if you have the limits low, you don't want to put that out there necessarily, because there's probably somebody out there that's going to know judo better than you know judo. So you can't really put that out there and just give money away. But do you expect any other sports you're going to be offering here over the next two weeks here in Tokyo. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Wes. You know, archery, judo, stuff like that, fencing. We have to be careful because I don't, I can't name a fencer, and I'm sure Jimmy over there, Chris, can't either. But uh, yeah, you know, we'll probably put up the games, individual games. I would say definitely in the basketball and the soccer. Uh, I'm not sure about the tennis because we're seeing some of the COVID outbreaks, so we mm-hmm. have to keep our eye on that as well. You know, you saw Coco Goff; she tested positive, and she's a very popular name and a great tennis player. So you know, you start to evict some of these big names from the equation. Yeah, we could book some of the tennis matches probably during the semifinal and the final as you get to the, uh, or should I say the bronze or the silver medal rounds. And uh, you know, I definitely know the soccer matchups will be up because everybody's familiar with the countries, Brazil, Spain, France, Argentina, all the top countries are there. And uh, yeah, you know, as it goes along, we'll definitely try to expand the betting menu at the Rampart and South Point. We want to please the guests. 
tests. But like you said, Wes, you don't want to get hammered by a fencing expert that knows a guy that's out there that could just dominate and win the gold medal. Even if the uh, the limits are low, word gets out really, really quick on these sports. And uh, definitely we have to be careful as bookmakers. But I could also see maybe a few baseball matchups because baseball returns this year as well, Wes. So that's definitely adds to our betting menu and possibilities. And like I said, the women's soccer matchups will definitely be round by round. We'll go through that. Dwayne, as I mentioned, I was here with Jimmy and Vinny yesterday from the South Point Sportsbook, and they were talking about how much they've seen a growth in college football compared to the NFL. Obviously, it's not on par. It's not the same, but they've seen a huge growth, especially in the last five years or so. So have you seen a lot of action so far on your college football week one odds? Uh, yeah, Danielle, you know, uh, definitely. Uh, I believe Chris also has the game of the year, uh, the games of the year up. And yes, they uh, they speak the truth. There were weeks in 2019, and I heard Vinny yesterday on the broadcast, where on a Saturday we had handle that would supersede a Sunday's handle, believe it or not. So college was definitely peaking in 2018 and 2019. We had the COVID experience where it was a limited schedule. A lot of things were changed up a lot of cancellations but when it's at full force yes college is a major major attraction can't wait till late august you know when we get those first few games going prior to labor day slide right into labor day college football is definitely up there handle wise uh, neck and neck with the nfl when it's at its peak i hope it could return to that the 2019 numbers and uh yeah you know we're going to push it out there and hopefully the masses will be back the mask restrictions will uh, loosen up a bit and it'll be a great year for the rampart and south point Dwayne colucci the rampart race and sports book manager Dwayne, thanks so much for hopping on with us today Oh, definitely, Danielle. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Wes. I appreciate it. You bet, pal. Thank you. I'm not surprised to hear that the college football has grown in the last years the way that well, all of these guys are really telling and us. And look, one of the reasons they obviously put this up is you want to generate interest in the summer, right. you know, because it's a little bit slower. And also, usually it's not general public bettors betting that. It's sharp, guys. So a lot of these guys behind the counter, Dwayne and Vinny, Chris and Jimmy and company, they let them kind of beat their numbers to where they should be. Because, look, the bookmakers are unsure of their numbers this time of year as well. We have best bets and maybe some more MLB games to talk about next right here on My Guys in the Desert. VEASAN football betting guides are coming soon and there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is only 20 bucks and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN all access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Daniel Alvari and Wes Reynolds back here on My Guys in the Desert. 
Wes, why don't you kick us off here for our best bet segment? I know that you have some basketball plays and a baseball play. So you don't let me be the gentleman and let you go first. There's no now, more WNBA now, until mid-August. I feel like such a heel. So. But uh, anyway, let's start with the basketball. And I mentioned this earlier. Suns first quarter plus one and a half, plus two and a half first half. Obviously, try to shop around, maybe see if you can get some reduced juice on this. I think because the Bucks are maybe minus two and a half, minus a dollar fifteen at some places in that first half. So you might be able to lay one oh five instead of the standard 110 and look I kind of explained this a little bit earlier in terms of why I like the Suns very early on if you look at their numbers they have the better starting lineup and it's almost absurd to say that considering the fact that they're down 3-2 and facing elimination but they really do and if you look at the numbers in the first quarter their net rating is nine plus 19.5 now, some of that is breaked into the game five result we saw on Saturday where they, what was it, 37 to 21 after the first quarter, very dominant for the Phoenix Suns early on. But even if you take that out, that net rating is plus 8.1. And the, the offensive and defensive ratings, even taking that out, is still very good. The starting lineup for the Suns in the series anyway just has a plus 13.9 going forward. So... Look, we know why the Suns are kind of up against it here a little bit because we talked about the fact that they don't have any depth down low. Milwaukee is shooting this abnor- uh, this extraordinarily high percentage when they get to the rim, you know, shots four feet in. I know JVT always talks about that here on Beeson. And all they have down there is DeAndre Ayton. But if DeAndre Ayton gets into foul trouble like he did in game three, then they're going to be really up against it. So you don't have Sarich off the bench, so that doesn't give you that depth. So to Curtis Terry's point, our guest in the last hour, maybe they do have to play a little bit faster here because they don't want to get stuck having to defend the paint and having to guard these guys off the bounce with Giannis and Middleton getting to the rim, et cetera, et cetera, and getting easy shots and getting to the foul line. But the Suns have been a very good starting team pretty much throughout the entire playoffs and also this series. And look, Closeout games are tough. The pressure is now on Milwaukee. So maybe they're a little bit a little bit skittish early, potentially a little bit nervous. I know that seems absurd, being that we've played five games already in the series, but you know, could be a little bit tight because you know they were they were going home. Everybody thought they were done. They were DOA after being down two-nothing. And now they've won three straight, and now the playoffs, uh, the playoff pressure begins. So I do like the Suns in the first quarter and the first half in this one. Uh, well, I, do you have any baseball plays as well? Because I think we're... I do. Are we matchy-matchy? I think we're matchy-matchy on this. I'll have to see. What yes. do you have here? And I do like the Philadelphia Phillies in the first five. I think we we attacked it a different way, so we'll see who's right uh, <laughs> tomorrow. And I was just trying to get that. better value, I think, is what happened here. Right, because I went ahead and laid 140, and I'm not laying the best number on the first five with the Philadelphia Phillies. But this is the game I talked about. I did bet about a week ago, 6-1 to one to win the AL East, and this was before the DeGrom injury, because I felt, look, maybe that's always knowing the Mets injury history, because they always have a pitcher go down, it seems like. Go all the way back to uh, Pedro Martinez, and Matt Harvey, and uh, I think Paul Wilson, and they another guy name escapes. They always have some kind of star down in the middle of the summer, and then uh, we've seen what DeGrom, we'll see if he gets back with it in days or so. Noah has been bit on I know his numbers aren't really standing out necessarily, but he's the second strand, the lowest rock and the second high strikeout of his career. His batting average balls in play, which we got into luck. High basically of his career. So I think Cole has gotten positive aggression going on and always have been really good baseball. They're four. They've won four straight series. I get off a good start in the book. So I do like them in the first and plus the Yankees have been struggling. Righty. 
year. Well, we're kind of here. I take the Philly minus a half here. I did take on the first run line. Mm-hmm. Minus one just to get the price. Right. Understandable. And also keep in mind, uh, Gio Shella judge out in that COVID-19 protocol. And look, the Yankees, if you look down the board, I mean, they're having guys like Trey Ambergie, guys that don't really play in that lineup. So you look at that 6, 7, and 8 spot, and very weak Luke Voigt is obviously still out. So this Yankees lineup isn't as good as the one that really shut Nola, or the one Nola shut down at home earlier this year. Well, we have a couple more games to get to before the end of the show here. We're going to do the Orioles and the Rays. We'll talk about the Mets at the Reds and also the Rangers at the Tigers. Those earlier games before we get out of here and also some of the later slate as well. But next, let's talk a little bit about NBA Finals Game 6 props. We haven't gotten to fully dive into these yet, but we will next right here on My Guys in the Desert. to the oddstrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out oddstrader.com and download the free oddstrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need. Daniel Alvar and Wes Reynolds back here on My Guys in the Desert ready to talk about the props for game six tonight of the NBA Finals. The Suns at the Bucks. We were talking a little bit about how crazy Giannis Antetokounmpo's numbers have gotten throughout this series. He had those two 40-point games back-to-back in game three and four, I believe. And then we saw a 40-point game from Devin Booker. Thank you to me uh, because I had any player to score 40 or more points in game five, which did come home thanks to him. So we've been seeing a lot of 40-point games here. Uh, Antetokounmpo's points, rebounds, and assists at 51.5 tonight. Points sitting at 32.5. Rebounds, 12.5. Assists, 5.5. And and then, of course, a half there for the three-pointer prop. Uh, One of the props that I believe Kelly Binnan really has been liking to look at, also the three-point props here. And as we talked about earlier, BetMGM is one of their most bet props tonight. Devin Booker, uh, three or more three-pointers, getting some plus money on that. Wes, what do you like on this board? Yeah, nothing really in terms of the big uh, star players. So uh, I'm going a little bit down the board here because with yeah, it's so hard in a closeout game to see right. what is going to happen. I think at the top and there's a little bit of variance. I mean, if you want to kind of play that that fade, what you saw last, then maybe you'd go under on the Drew Holiday points. I'm not going to go ahead and do that. What I'm actually going to do, and this is not the sexiest prop because this is a guy that doesn't score a lot, and this is a very low point total. So I understand why people would be a little skittish or gun shy here. PJ Tucker under four and a half points here for me. Oh, Danielle. I don't hate that. Yes, this is very hard because obviously if he makes two corner threes, <laughs> you're screwed here and you've got a losing ticket in your pocket. But if you look at PJ Tucker, kind of how the playoffs have shaken out for him, he was kind of the valuable guy in the Brooklyn series. He, you know, he didn't stop Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had a couple big games, but he at least relatively kept him at bay. And that's what PJ Tucker was really there for 
is to defend that kind of big usage wing, which Kevin Durant is, but the Phoenix Suns don't really have that type of player. You know, one of these big, tall, 6'9 wing type guys. So P.J. Tucker is not really offering a lot offensively, and that's the reason why he's still starting because, look, he's usually in the starting lineup, but he's there for his defense, even though they don't really have one particular guy to match him up with. Go back to the start of this series in Phoenix, game one, game two. P.J. Tucker played 33 and 35 minutes respectively, and the Bucks lost both. P.J. Tucker was minus 19 and the plus minus in the two games combined. Then in game three, he played a little bit less than 30 minutes. Then in game four, his minutes dropped again. Game five, P.J. Tucker only played 24 minutes. That was his lowest total in 17 and games close to in foul the playoffs. trouble as well? Yes, yeah. uh, and, and look, and I think the minutes are just going down anyway, and this guy's not really a scorer. He's not really doing a lot on offense. I know you're taking the leap of faith here that he's not going to hit a couple corner threes. He's only taken three shots in the last two games. He was scoreless in game four, had three Wes, points in game five. Wes, doesn't that mean he's five. due? He's due, Wes. Well, I know. Everybody likes to bet the due <laughs> factor, and I know that this number looks very low, but P.J. Tucker, uh, I think in 26 games this year for the Bucks, he played less than 27 minutes, and he went under four and a half points in like 22 of those. So that's about an 85% proposition if you go by the stats or the trends from this year. So, you know, Tucker, I just don't think is going to do a lot offensively. And you also have his some of his minutes now are going to Bobby Portis. Some of his minutes are going to Pat Connaughton. So this is where I think, Danielle, where you really don't get deep into your benches. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament. Like as you go through the draw, coaches really you know, kind of tighten up that rotation. You know, you're not playing all the dudes on scholarship like you might in the regular season or something like that. You're playing seven, eight guys. And that's what I think you're going to see. This is the closeout game, so no time to mess around. So P.J. Tucker's going to play, and he's obviously going to start, but I think the minutes are going to drop, and that's kind of why I'm playing these points under. It's more of a minutes play necessarily than a points play. Do you think P.J. Tucker all tuckered out here? What about on the sun side of Very things? Good. <laughs> Very good. Very good. That I've got... <laughs> Thank you, Wes. Always a good audience, even when I have bad jokes. Uh, the Booker prop here, points, rebounds, and assists, 40 and a half. His points prop, 31 and a half here at DraftKings. We can also see some 30 and a halfs out in the market, I think, still. Rebounds, four and a half assists, three and a half. Um, these numbers at BetMGM I have here. Paul, Chris Paul here, points, rebounds, and assists at 35 and a half points at 21 and a half. Uh, what do you think, actually, we're going to see from Chris Paul tonight? If I were to play that, and I think those numbers are probably right on the money, if I mm -hmm. were to play that, I would lean to the over. Now, Chris Paul, we've mentioned, have had big games in the playoffs and closeout games. Now, that's them closing the other dudes out, not them trying to stay alive like they are tonight. But Paul, so far, has shown up when it's mattered the most in these playoffs, in the big games. It hasn't really been Booker putting up the big numbers. It's been Chris Paul putting them up. So I would lean a little bit to the over on the combined props. I think those numbers are right, and that's why I'm kind of trying to look a little bit down the board like I just mentioned with Tucker. Right. Uh, what about DeAndre Ayton's rebound prop here? I know that's been a hot one for the last uh, couple games of this series, really, but it, of course, is going to adjust as the series progresses. Now we're seeing that number at 12 and a half. Would, uh, I understand, and it's obviously yeah. taxed here, but you got to think, look, they're going to drive it right at DeAndre Ayton mm -hmm. simply because they'd like to get him in foul trouble. Of course, the Milwaukee Bucks and Mike Budenholzer knows that they don't have any depth without Dario Saric. So they don't really have a lot of big guys. They got a bunch of three and D guys or a bunch of guards. So 
I could see the DeAndre Ayton. I think it's probably taxed a little bit too much at 12 and a half. We were seeing some 10 and a halves and 11 and a halves earlier in the series. So I'm going to skirt DeAndre Ayton on that. One I think you could look at uh, for the Suns, though, a guy that has been giving them something off the bench. And look, their bench hasn't given them much, but Cam Johnson. Oh, okay. And, I thought you were going to say Mikhail. No? All no. Right, so uh, Cam Johnson. Now, I was on Mikhail on Saturday night in that over one and a half three-point props because it easily cast his first two games. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Milwaukee, and then it got adjusted, and then no thank you, and then it went back down to one and a half. It's like, okay, that's a magic number. So we went ahead and bet that. Uh, I have not yet done that tonight. But in terms of the bench, the guy that probably will give Phoenix production if they're to win this game is Johnson. Over eight and a half points plus assists. He's gone over this number in four of the five games in the series. Now, last one we can take a look at here in our final minute of this segment was who will be the leading scorer in game six? So we have Giannis Antetokounmpo as the favorite, plus 105. Devin Booker behind him at plus 160. Then a little bit of a drop off here. Chris Middleton sitting at plus 550. Chris Paul, 16 to 1. That's juicy. That's tantalizing, maybe. It, it kind of is because if you notice that those closeout games against the Clippers and mm-hmm. against the Denver Nuggets, he had over 40 points. So he can still be a big time scorer, even though he's not in game in and game out. And that's why you see 16 to one instead of like eight to one or seven to one or something like that. So the obvious players are the favorites. If I were to take a shot at this and I'm not going to end up doing so sure. just for fun, it would be Chris Paul at 16 to one. Do you think they're going to be able to, to handle those turnovers that they were having so much trouble with early on in this season or the well, series rather? Well, what they're going to have to do obviously is they're going to have to move that ball around. They yeah. don't want to get, I think the Suns really turn the ball over more when they get into this ISO BS, right? You know, move the ball, keep it popping. Like they were do in what the works for games. you. Absolutely. Uh, don't, don't go away from what is working. So we have some MLB matchups to talk about next right here on my guys in the desert. into my guys in the desert. If you're looking for a hot tip to bet on, BetRivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to the BetRivers app or BetRivers.com and find the game you want to bet on. Tap tips and you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey, must be 21 or older gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Colorado, 1-800-522-4700 in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117 in Virginia, 1-888-532-3500 in Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS. 
off. Danielle Avari, Wes Reynolds back here for one last time on My Guys in the Desert and uh, ready to talk about some more of these early slate MLB games. So let's take a look first here at the Orioles at the Rays, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. The Orioles announced they've reinstated their left-hander here, John Means, from the 10-day IL to start this evening's game against the Rays. Now, for point of reference, he's missed around six weeks after landing on the IL with a shoulder strain. And on the bump for the Rays, we'll have Shane McClanahan. What do you think for tonight's game here? Yeah, I usually don't like to go ahead and bet guys in the first start off the DL. I yeah. don't think you're going to cash a lot of tickets necessarily. And and means really, I mean, he's the ace on paper, but he was kind of really a regression candidate. If you look at means, of course, had that no hitter in Seattle. But if you look 228 on the ERA, a little bit over four on the XFIP. So usually that's one of those buy low, sell high guys that I look at. And he's also still far from his normal routine. He only threw, I think, uh, just a little over three innings in his rehab start in AAA. You've got McClanahan for Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is probably a team over the next week, week and a half for the deadline. You would think that they try to go get a starting pitcher. So we will see what Tampa Bay elects to do. I do think that they need another arm in that rotation. But McClanahan is a guy that gives up a lot of hard contact and and the Orioles quite frankly even though they haven't won a lot of games they've been pretty solid against left-handed pitching so I get a little bit worried about McClanahan here even though I do want to fade means but I think the tax is already too high at two dollars so no thank you Orioles are hitting the ball right now averaging a little bit over 5.2 runs a game over their last five so if I were to go anywhere here and I have not yet gone anywhere before this first pitch here at 410 Pacific time 710 Eastern time I know the under's getting bet, but I'd kind of lean to the over here at seven and a half. John Means first start off the DL, you know, think he might be a little shaky early on. Well, something cool to note, too, about this broadcast, the Orioles at the Rays. This game's going to feature the first all-female broadcast crew in MLB history. So pretty cool. Is that uh, for the Rays or for the Orioles side? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's the whole game. It's I was going to say there's a uh, my fellow Indiana University alum, Trisha Whitaker, is the reporter there right. for the Rays at Fox Sports Florida. So wasn't sure if she was on the game. So should be a fun watch nonetheless, Danielle. Women supporting women. That, exactly. That's what we're going for here uh, on My Guys in the Desert. It only makes sense. So let's talk about the Mets and the Reds. Another early game here, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern start. Stock versus Miley. A high-scoring 11-inning matchup yes. for them yesterday. Uh, the Reds have had three bullpen arms throw every game since the all-star break do you think we'll see another over here the total sitting at 10 and a half I certainly wouldn't be liking the under necessarily and 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 that over last night it was kind of like at that point you were like okay I hope there's no rain in Cincinnati <laughs> and and that's basically what I was praying for and it never came but unfortunately for my Reds they didn't get a win so uh not only they had Mets announcer Gary Cohen rightfully besmirched Skyline Jilly a famous uh franchise in Cincinnati and I I've been a Reds fan my entire life. I Cincinnati's like a second home to me, and I totally agree. Skyline Chili is disgusting, but I do digress. Uh, <laughs> going back to this game, Mets against the Reds. I, I don't know how you can bet the under necessarily because you've got Robert Stock on the mound, who is kind of the – they're very short-staffed, obviously, right now. Robert Stock, if you look at his numbers at AAA Syracuse, 1.5 strikeouts per walk ratio, 153 on the whip. So I don't think there's a lot of optimism for Stock lasting long in this game because the Cincinnati Reds can absolutely kill right-handed pitching. And then you look on the other side, Wade Miley – 
Maybe some regression coming a little bit, 280 on the ERA, 378 on the XFIP, about a one-run difference. Uh, and what you mentioned in the opener, I think, is a really key point to this game. Reds have been using their bullpen a lot, and nobody's been able to get it done. And that's why I have been very lukewarm, even though I'm encouraged by what they do at the plate. You know, some people are like, Wes, you think there's any value in the Reds? I'm like, well, not really, because they got to send that bullpen out there. And I just don't think that they can catch the Brewers. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Reds in this series and then obviously through the weekend early next week is going to determine what the Reds are going to do in terms of the deadline. Nick Castellanos, if he is made available, I do believe would give you a fairly decent return. So I know some others thought, well, the Brewers, you know, they're kind of living off those top two starting pitchers. They don't really hit the ball well. By the way, the Brewers are in progress now down five to two in the bottom of the eight in this early afternoon matchup with the Kansas City Royals but you look at that central division and you don't necessarily want to throw in the towel if you're the Reds when you're seven and a half games back in your second place but this is a lot here and I think the Brewers are now starting to put this distance here and the Reds can only get in the NL playoffs if they go ahead and catch the Brewers they're not going to get in on the wild card with three really good teams in the NL West so one of them teams actually maybe two of them are both going to get that wild card here so back to this game it would only be an over for me so hold on here what is this chili that you're talking about it is called Skyline Chili and there's a Cincinnati style chili they there's chili with spaghetti in it Oh, and and which I don't necessarily mind. It depends on who's cooking it. And then they put the cheddar cheese on and they put the onions. Uh, You can actually right here at the South Point Steak and Shake as a chili five way you can order. And it is actually better than Skyline Chili. Skyline's based out of Cincinnati. And it is some of the worst chili, personally, that I've ever had. So, so now now they're not going to sponsor any of our programming here on Beeson. Yeah, so well, I, that ship has sailed for sure. Yes, uh, so I buried be, them. What would be grosser here, Skyline Chili or a play on the under on this game? Ooh. That's 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 like a would you minus rather have a bowl of that both, chili? That's or like an minus under? 110 on both sides, Danielle. <laughs> it would just be equally but, bad. But I would probably say the under would be a little bit. You'd rather worse. have the wow. I'd yeah, actually so rather have the over, so I would say don't bet the under. Apologies if you're a Skyline Chili fan. Apologies. Uh so let's move on here. Rangers and Tigers, uh, another a game that's going to get underway here in a couple minutes in the next half hour. Dane Dunning on the mound versus Tariq Skubal. Uh, same pitching matchup on July 7th, actually, between these two teams. And the Tigers did win that one 5-3. to three. Are we expecting a similar result here today, Wes? Yeah, rain delay, by the way, here. It looks like, uh, according to my screen here, it's going to go at 740. But that obviously is subject to change when you look at this. And uh, Tigers 14-0 uh, over the Rangers last night. Kyle Gibson and what might be his last start as a Texas Ranger. Fully expect him to be on the move. But does doesn't say goodbye to the Dallas-Fort Worth area with a very good performance as he got knocked all around the yard last night by the Detroit Tigers, who, oh, by the way, are playing some pretty solid baseball. They're not obviously a contender. They're seven games under 500, but this team's been scrappy really all season long. I've been I've been impressed with the Tigers. I know not much was expected, but they've got some young arms that are emerging, including Tariq Skubal, who, uh, you know, still has a high hard hit rate, but is a guy that's starting to get more guys out. Would lean a little bit, though, toward the Rangers. It has flipped a flip-flop favorites here. Rangers were a small favorite in the overnight. Now you're seeing them get about $1.05, $1.07 in some spots on the money line. Dane Dunning is a guy who's XFIP better than his ERA. I actually think has been a decent pitcher. He has had a ton of bad luck. When you see a batting average balls in play at 361, that indicates either bad pitching or bad luck. And you look at some of his peripheral numbers, and they're not that bad. So I think he's kind of been unlucky this year. So – 
it would be Rangers or nothing for me. And and maybe that line is flopped too because Tigers not only have been playing good baseball, but they did lick this team 14 nothing last night. Yeah, uh, much to to my benefit as well, I might add. So uh, I'm not going to bet against the Tigers again tonight here. So Padres and Braves. You're loyal, Danielle. That's that's nice. To teams that win me money. Yes. Uh, The Padres at the Braves. Last early game to look at here, the 7.20 p.m. Eastern start. We have you Darvish versus Kyle Muller. This game was delayed yesterday. Mm -hmm. So how does that impact a starting pitcher when the game is delayed by a day? Well, and they did change the pitcher. It is going to be Tukey Toussaint that's going to go for Muller, who was supposed to go yesterday. They ran that game out, and I was checking uh, a a guy who sometimes comes on our network during football season, Kevin Roth, who does monitors weather in terms of sporting events and really might have been able to get that game in. But nevertheless, they went ahead and postponed it and uh, not doing a doubleheader today. You Darvish getting the money here, seeing some 170 in the market. I don't think that that's necessarily wrong. The Braves are going to be a team I'm very interested in seeing because I don't think that they're that far back from the Mets. But I do think that they have a lot of issues, particularly in that back half of the rotation. Hence why you're seeing Tucson start tonight. Now taking a look at some of the later games, Mariners at the Rockies, 8.40 p.m. Eastern, Marco Gonzalez versus Jamon Marquez. The Rockies actually were Josh Applebaum. He was on Betting Across America on v earlier today. The Rockies were his grossest play of the day at minus 185 on the money line. What do you think of that play, Wes? If I had to, I would lean, but that is a big price. Now, yeah. this may be Jermon Marquez's last start in Denver mm-hmm. at Coors Field because he is a guy that may be on the move. We're talking about different teams that are going to be set the Rockies are going to be a seller and you would expect they're going to get a call on Trevor Story. I would fully expect him to move a lot of interest in him. I would also expect maybe John Gray is going to move one of those starting pitchers for the Rockies. One of those top two guys, either Gray or Herman Marquez is going to move. Marco Gonzalez, if you look, 588 on the RA, 505 on the XFIP. That's why you see this big price. Rockies actually have been competitive at home. They just don't really win very often at all on the road. So that would be something if I were to use this and I didn't want to lay that, that might be parlay filler and like a two-team parlay with the Rockies. Just to make it a little bit less gross, maybe yes. a little bit more palatable. Yeah, uh, make it a little less pungent, shall yes, we say. Yes, pungent. Well, let's talk about the latest game on the schedule here. Before we leave, we are just about 30 seconds here, West Giants and Dodgers, obviously. Uh, Alex went on the mound for the Giants and TBA still on the Dodgers, I believe. But yeah. the Giants took game one last night. How about that? They did and and really uh, got three home runs in the first inning. And then Kevin My Gals- yes run first inning cash yeah and then Kevin Gaussman gave up back-to-back jacks and then he didn't give up anything the rest of the game so Gaussman is kind of that guy depending on the DeGrom injury if you're looking at NL Cy Young he has not regressed I've been thinking he's going to regress because the numbers say he should but he absolutely is not so it's Alex Wood on the mound I don't know who the pitcher is but right now Dodgers a little bit uh, about 140 is a favorite so take back on the Giants plus 138 and a half the total nothing for me until I see a pitcher announced Another great show here today. Thanks so much to Wes Reynolds, Curtis Terry, Dwayne Colucci, all for joining us here on My Guys in the Desert.